All right. How's everybody doing out there in Twitterland? <laughs> oh my God, Jake, could you pick any more boring music to listen to while we wait? <laughs> There's only like four options and I just had to pick one. So, you know, it's it's not my fault. You know, I'm technical difficulties. I can, might be able to pick our like, own. Can we make our own or can we find one? I'm sure I can find one somewhere. Um, nope. There are exactly four options. That's that it? Can, you can't yeah. like, download your own music? You, you can't download your own music. That's it bullshit. It is just, uh, yeah, just four of them. I will try a different one next time, though, for sure. Uh, I was like, I feel like I'm watching Charlie Brown. I did, too, actually. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is like a Charlie Brown Christmas. I was super, I kind of wanted to leave when I heard it. I was like, oh. Well, this is depressing. I'm it, joking. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> it was not my favorite music, but next time we are going to try Journey. I mean, you can yeah. never go wrong with Journey. Wait, like. Well, I highly doubt it is that Journey. <sighs> I know. Disappointed so me. I'm disappointed. Right? Well, we'll find out next week. We'll find out next week. Hello, we everyone. Will. Welcome to this week's episode of The Writer's Block. Hopefully everyone's having a good day. And you know what? Happy International Women's Day. Yeah, everyone. for sure. We love we women. All have... That's great. Lo <laughs> uh, love women. Love them to death. Just don't want to sleep with them. <laughs> well, obviously. <laughs> well, <clears throat> we kind of had a big week, didn't we, Jake? We kind of... It, we had, it we, has been a week. <laughs> that is for sure. has been a week. Well, I, I want to start off with saying... Thank you to all of our listeners out there. I think we started this this past week. If you haven't known, um, we passed 100 followers, which Jake and I are. I cannot say how many times we've, we've said we're excited about this. This is something we, this idea for this show kind of, I don't know. It just kind of came up out of nowhere and we worked with it and we played with it. And it was just, it's evolved into something that neither of us have expected. And I, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners out there. You have no clue how much Jake and I appreciate it. Yeah, we, we appreciate it so much. Thank you for just giving us a chance and uh, we'll keep on impressing you. Hopefully we're impressing you. Hopefully. I mean, we want to be that one-stop shop for your resources, right? Um, Absolutely. I mean, we, we started on January 17th. So that's, that's it's just been just under two months yeah so i'm not definitely not complaining about that well i would hope not especially oh, some of our listeners are listening i mean if anybody knows me they know i'm not a complainer that's for sure <laughs> that's not true that's not true at all. <laughs> it's all good we we will bypass that and we'll, just say that brandon is such a genuine wonderful happy person i'm a realist <laughs> let's just say that i'm a realist if you didn't know it, I am an optimist. <laughs> I think everyone can kind of tell that. Looking at our profile pictures, you kind of get the gist of that alone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay, so with every episode, you are welcome to talk. Anyone is welcome to speak. This is an open conversation for everybody involved. I know Jake and I, this is our favorite day of the week because we get, we spend a lot of time and effort going over what we're going to do all of our marketing campaigns, all everything. And we spend, we spend a lot of hours working on this for everyone. And we just, I can't say enough. We appreciate everyone listening and giving us a chance. So 
if you have something to say, please, please, please ask to speak. This is an open conversation. And but before we get into that, we always have to do one thing first. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! I gotta catch Jake off guard with something, and I. So I have to say that Brandon, <laughs> I was, I was FaceTiming Brandon when he was when he found this topic, whatever it is, and he was laughing so hard he couldn't even talk to me for like 30 seconds like he couldn't even breathe i'm and i don't know i don't know <laughs> i'm just so excited just because i'll just read it all right i had to type okay. this out this is how much i it's a half a page i mean i'm not gonna read the whole thing but i wanted to make sure i had notes and stuff like that so I can't even. Oh my gosh! Come on! So, you have to so tell me now. These, I, I know. I'm going. I'm leading into it. All right. Okay. So I did a quick search on some random genres for books. You know, um, and because I, when you're doing Amazon, you want to. I'm a believer that you need to do very specific genres, build a following in that one, and then it slowly builds. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. Except so, when you're not correct. I'm always correct. Let's just okay. Yeah, that. that's right. <laughs> so there's a couple out there that two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven that I I've never heard of. The other ones I were okay. So the first one is, and I'm just gonna read the titles to them. And Jake, I want I'm interested to know if you can tell me what they are. Okay. Okay. So we'll okay. we'll do one, and then you guess what it is, and we'll go from there. Most okay. Okay. fi Uh. It's a mashup of the hit movie Clueless and science fiction. You're wrong. Cli-Fi <laughs> is the climate fiction. Oh, I should have known that. You should have known that one. Okay. Bizarro fiction. Uh, fiction that is just really weird and off base yep it's done to create subversive worlds um that are strong and engaging as possible they're they're strange and they're just weird and it's meant to be that way okay <laughs> this one i've never heard of this is a new word for me spoetry uh spoetry uh science fiction poetry no spam poetry a spoetry is a poetic verse that is composed mainly of the subject lines or body of spam email messages. Interesting. Okay. Right. This one's pretty self-explanatory. Cashier memoir. Uh, memoirs of cashiers. Cashiers or people that work in the service industry that have dealt with like unruly guests. So is this like is this like fork in the toaster? Does that count? My book's not published yet, so no, it doesn't count. Oh dang it! <laughs> but it okay. would probably fall into that category. Um. I I can't even really say this word. Can Canadiana. Well, obviously it's Canadian fiction or fiction taking place in Canada. It's Canadian lit. That's what it is. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's Canadian literature. Very nice. Uh, a fake memoir. Uh, this is where somebody just makes up whatever the crap they want and puts it in a book. They they make it sound like a memoir. It can either be done beforehand, it promoted as a fake memoir, or it can be done, it's done afterwards. It doesn't matter. It's considered a fake memoir. And my personal favorite. Oh, geez. 
This is the one where I lost it on. Furry sleuth. Uh, these are. This is obviously furries solving mysteries. What's a furry? People might not well, know what a furry is. Well, a furry is somebody who identifies or has an alternate ego that is an animal. Oh, so you're close, but no, you're absolutely wrong on that one. A furry sleuth mystery features a cat or a dog as a principal investigator. So, Zootopia oh, is a furry sleuth. Now, the reason I was laughing was because <laughs> the titles include The Fast and the Furious and Claws of Concern. I oh, my I gosh. That. I lost it. That's what I was laughing about. That is just as good as Santa Jaws. Oh, Santa say. Jaws. I can't get over Santa Jaws. So those are some cl- those are some new genres that everyone should be on the lookout for. So Awesome. Yes. Um, shout out to Jess. So good to see you. Um, again, anybody can speak. Just go ahead and request and we will add you on. But let's go ahead and move on to our topic for tonight. Yes. Jake, what is our topic tonight? Our topic is talking about author tools and resources. Ooh. Ooh. The thrill of it all. The thrill. The thrill. All right. Let's get into the meat of it. Okay. Brandon, first off, what do you use as an author as like your three main tools or resources? So I think one, one standard, and a lot of the ones I'm going to focus on are ones that are either um, below $500, which I know is a lot, or free. But it's money well spent, and then we're not going to focus on having an actual beta reader or having an editor. We're, we're gonna, we we want to try to give you guys, everyone, tools and resources that are reusable and you only have to pay for once or stuff that's free. That's what I like to focus on because we know that being an author, you don't make a whole lot of money, especially when you're first starting out. One that I definitely highly recommend is Grammarly. Um, You can add that to your desktop. You can add it to uh, an app or whatever. It's completely free. You can do an upgrade on it. um, And that will help you change words, catch certain things. And you can, um, It'll show you if you're starting to say something repetitively, which I've caught myself a, a number of times like, oh, I say that a lot, don't I? Okay, so um, with Grammarly, Brandon, is that something that is going to help you expand your vocabulary? It does. Um, now, your biggest resource, obviously, as an author is going to be reading or doing audiobooks. that's going to be your biggest tool and for something what i do because i sit at a desk job all day and i don't like to sit in the silence and i have my own office is i listen to libby you can download that and you can use it on a desktop as well and they connect um you can listen to books that way and it's done through your local library so that actually helps promote your local library and it's free you don't have to pay for anything on it. You can get your books. Free down. is always the best. Free is always the best. Who can go wrong with something for free, right? All you need for that one is just your library card number, and that's it. Awesome. So anybody can get a library card, which is, you know, obviously a great tool and a resource. Uh-huh. Um, but using Libby allows you to listen to audiobooks, which kind of frees up some time to do other things while you're listening. I'm all about being damn it i lost the word 
That is okay. I'm sure Grammarly could help you with that. <laughs> I've been up since four o'clock this morning. Bear with me, right? Like we will bear with you, Brandon. So Grammarly, got it. Libby, got it. Yeah, those are my first two, and then probably I've spent a little bit of money on this one, um, and we will retweet links to a lot of these sites and stuff. Um, Pro Writing Aid. Now, Pro Writing Aid is really cool because you can compare your work to other authors in your same genre and see how well you write compared to them. You can also change it to where um, you can do science fiction specifically. You can do memoir specifically. Like you can program it to, and it's really user-friendly program it to where it's geared specifically for your genre. And you can also gear it to um, like, American English versus British English and so on and so forth. Like Canadian English. Like you can make it to where it fits where you're selling your book primarily from or where you've written it from. So it works in your favor. And then again, it does show you, you use this word competitively. You've used it this many times and it breaks it down and gives you a really good data resource of this is how you do it. And it gives you suggestions on maybe if you rewrite it like this and then you can go from there. Awesome. I really like that. So all three of yours that you brought up so far are free. Well, Pro Writing Aid, I believe you can get for free. Um, it's a very limited one, but I know I paid for mine. Um, so I got a, I got like a full membership. Otherwise, I think you, you can pay for it like monthly. Okay. It's so, pretty cheap. But yeah, you can, there's different levels of it. All right. We always like, uh, you know, we always like free things. We always like things that are, you know, memberships or different levels because it fits the budget for different writers. And we want to give resources and tools this time around and every single time that regular standard writers can use. Right. All right. I'm going to talk about my three now. And my three are, I use Old Fashioned Word, um, which is so funny because now you have to pay a membership for it for X amount of years, and there's different levels for that, um, instead of it being some some of the software that you can actually just have for free with your computer. Um, but I have been on that one quite a long time, and so I'm really comfortable with it. And I don't like change. That being said, <laughs> there are some really, really cool other writing programs like Grammarly that have come out, and they are obviously there to help writers write better. Um, I'd probably say my second most used thing um, would probably just be the like the Merriam-Webster dictionary and glossary. Uh, oh or, uh, dictionary right and now? thesaurus. I am so serious right now. Ugh. A lot of times You're I... an old soul. I know, I am such an old soul. <laughs> but it's online. Like, it's not like I'm, like, thumbing through the book. I mean, you I, should... If you're going to use Merriam-Webster, you have to get on Urban Dictionary. You have to. Well, and Urban Dictionary and <laughs> Merriam-Webster are both great, depending on what you write, correct? <laughs> this is... There, I mean, there are definitely some stuff in Urban Dictionary that I would not put in any of your books because... Well, obviously. They don't, they don't fit. <laughs> but maybe for one of your books. Maybe. 
Maybe. Maybe. I think I might have. There's a good chance of that. Um. Anyway, I love I love looking at the thesaurus because a lot of times I'm trying to say something concise. I know what I kind of want to say, and it's just not happening. And so I'll hop on there and say, what is a word similar to this? And it gives me just really quick, fancy resources. Um, the third one that I absolutely used so much um, before, like, the last two weeks when I got an agent was um, Query Tracker. And for me, that was a huge deal. Anybody that's querying, I highly suggest it because it just simplifies the process. You don't have to have some massive color-coded spreadsheet. Um, and that was probably the, the one that I used the most after that. Um, but Brandon, you've done quite a bit of research for this topic, and I'm pretty sure that you have come up with some other resources and tools that we can use. Yeah, no, I mean, okay, so going back to Query Tracker, I have to admit, I jumped on there the other day and created an account and yay, started playing with that a little bit. Um, yeah, there's some really... I'm a big fan of videos, uh, so I spend a lot of my time on YouTube watching how to do stuff, um, and then I found KDP, which is Kindle Direct Publishing. Now, for those of you who don't know, that's probably most likely who you're going to go through um, when you're printing through Amazon. Um, it gets a little weird because you're going through KDP, but it's through Amazon. So when someone says KDP or Amazon, it's, it's, they're interchangeable. So that can be kind of confusing at first. Um, KDP is like the branch and they work specifically with your books and stuff like that. So that's what that is. Uh, they actually have a YouTube channel and they have, I wish I would have found it way sooner than what I did because they show you how to create cover art and, and um, how to create cover art on their website and how to format the stuff, your books for printing and for audio or not for audio printing and for um for ebooks right ebooks thank you wow you're good no worries <laughs> been up since four just remind everybody right? um so those are i jumped on there and we will be sending links out to that those are two really good resources one that um another community that i i really like and um i prefer and it's one of the first communities i was a part of was the writing community chat show they interview authors they're based out of england and they 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 interview authors every week or so and um they they just have a really good format for talking about how new authors can come about and it's real they're real they're really good at that um i will i will and, second that because i have been on and and listened to the writing community chat show and they are fantastic. The guys over there are just, they're really, they're knowledgeable. They ask all the right questions. It really is a fun one to listen to. Yeah, they, they make it very fun. Um, and then I found one that I'm interested in, but it's not my, it's not what I write. But for those screenwriters out there, there's a group on YouTube that's called Film Courage. They teach you how to write a screenplay. Um, so a script and so on and so forth. So those are ones that I have found in YouTube channels and you can search pretty much anything on YouTube and find 
ways to do stuff. Now, I always look for reliable sources, so it's not just Joe Schmo showing you how to do a video. Make sure it's from, like, NPR or New York Times or some something related to the field. Some well-known entity that actually knows what they are talking about. Right, right. Now, if anybody out there has any other resources, please let us know. Um, you're welcome to come on. This is an open conversation. Um, I will say with the YouTube thing, there are so many videos out there um, that talk about, you know, every topic under the sun. And it's a great resource if you are stuck. And Brandon and I have a very different opinion about writer's block. And the block, though, what we do here is to get you unstuck from anything that is in your way and to provide resources so that you can have, you know, things at your fingertips. Until we get a larger database going, though, we're going to try to share things like these YouTube videos, um, tell you to go to just specific places so that you can find the information for yourself right now. And then as we keep expanding our topics, for the writer's block, we'll get more and more resources available to you. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. I don't know where yes. you're going with that. I don't know where you're going with that. <laughs> I just, you know, I just wanted people to know that we're trying to compile a huge resource for them, but we're not quite there yet. Like we said, we've only been doing this for a little less than two months. Um, yeah. But the resources that we do have already on the block are phenomenal. Brandon's done such a great job of getting those posted, um, making sure that all the resources that we give you are quality. Yes, we want to make sure we give you correct resources. Now, what were you, you? I feel like you were leading into something. You and I have different opinions about writer's block. Where were you going with that? Oh, I was just having fun with it and kind oh. of teasing you a little bit because Brandon absolutely believes in writer's block. And I believe that writer's block is not true. Um, I believe that you might write yourself into a corner. I believe that you might not have your muse sitting with you. But as far as actually being blocked like you just cannot get past something all that has to do with is story arcs and plots and everything not being as clear as maybe they could be i wish i could show you how badly i'm rolling my eyes right now i really <laughs> really do i can't that's because you write weird like you write I, I do write weird you write your book in order and it's <laughs> And I, I, I'm lost for words. I'm lost for words right now. Like I told you, I was just trying to tease you about I, it. You're a little poking bit. the bear a little bit, and I'm, I am poking I'm, the bear. You are. I think that writer's block. You know, sometimes, especially when you write science fiction, it's like, well, how do I get through this? And what can I do? Well, I obviously, I think the big thing with writer's block is you have to take a break. You've overworked your muscle, which is your brain. Give it a minute. Let it rest. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and whoa, whoa, like whoa. Jake, Are you telling me? Uh, I knew. I fucking knew you were going to say what you got to say. I am once again just poking the bear. Um, I just absolutely <laughs> love the idea that, you know, 
you can take a break because somebody on this wonderful writer's block doesn't ever take a break and gets upset if he takes one. I, so I, I just think a... it's really rich. This has to be so rich. It's fattening, right? Like <laughs> I take a break. I there's days of the week. I don't do anything with writing. Like there's days, but I... there's the issue is with mine. I'm writing. <laughs> This is wow. This is me getting on my soapbox. The, I'm writing so many books right now that I can jump from one book to the other very quickly and get in that mindset and write that story out. Now, I think for me, taking that one day a week and just letting my brain recharge and watching some show, whether whatever it is that gets your juices flowing again, that's what I need. And that use that to get me through the next week. So, so that, that's my big thing on it. I'm going to jump in here and I'm going to say that even when you're not <clears> writing, <throat> you are doing things writing related because that's another resource is watching movies and TV shows that can either have amazing dialogue. They are, do a great job of showing something rather than telling it. Um, there are so many great movies and movie scenes out there that you can learn from as an author. I, uh, a little while back, I was helping a friend of mine with a fight scene and he was really, really struggling with it. And I told him to pick his favorite action movies and go watch the fight scenes and literally write down what he was seeing on the screen and how he would describe that. And it was a great tool for him to be able to kind of overcome the difficulty of writing a fight scene. Um, some people fight scenes come easy for, other people not so much. Um, I there are so many resources out there, guys. I I I'm not completely disagreeing with you on that one. What I'm saying is, by your standard, anything could inspire you, which. As artists, yes, anything can inspire you, but you need to disengage that writing aspect to let your brain rest for a little bit and just stop. Because you, your brain needs to like just let it be calm for a little bit while it recharges. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. One, one thing that has that. one thing that I find interesting is when I'm watching TV. Sometimes I'll turn on the subtitles and I'll read how they're like how that person's speaking. Cause they'll say that like when it's subtitled, they'll say, they said it, blah, blah, blah. Like you can, it's interesting. And you're like, Oh, that's how you describe that sound. Right. Especially when there's sounds, it's kind of like, there was a thing when stranger things came out and there was like, one of the people were walking and they were like walking through like a squishy and they said it in a weird way and everybody's like that's an interesting way of describing that like it, it's actually kind of cool I don't want to say for lack of a better term cool um, I think cool see, works just fine <laughs> to see how they describe some of those action scenes and the noises that are happening in those scenes and that's helped me a little bit without active participation like yeah, i can shut off my brain i can still read what's happening um and you're still processing that i think that's a 
a resource anybody can do. You're just turning on your subtitles. Like you just, and then you can turn them off when you don't want to. Absolutely. I'd be uh, interested to hear whatever other people think about subtitles. Yeah, everybody else hop on here. Like this is an open forum discussion, which means we're having a conversation. And I'd love you to not be just a listener, but actually a speaker. Because part of the reason that we do this is all for you guys. And the conversations are so much more rich when you jump on and help us out with these, you know, these shows. Plus, Jake doesn't like really speaking in public. He's not. He gets weird. Here's the thing. I, I wish I could just be on a video call with all of you because I love, love, love to see people's faces and their body language. It is really hard for me to be on here and not be able to see anything but your little round circle heads and the profile picture that you have. <laughs> I don't think you want to look at me right now, Jake. I kind of look like a hot mess, so. Oh, hello, yes. yes. Hot Mess Express, coming through. Hot Mess okay. Express, I'm gonna start using that. Love All right. it. All right, so I only have like a limited amount of time here, so I'm just going to jump in with what I want. We were talking about subtitles? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, for those of you that are new to the discussion, I am an independent manga writer, so I also watch a lot of anime as a result. I knew I loved it. <laughs> knew it. Um, I only watched subbed anime at this point um, for... Um, a major reason, mainly because there are a lot of ethical issues within the American anime dubbing industry right now. And by ethical issues, I mean they are deliberately changing the script from what the script initial, originally said in Japanese and switching it out for something that's not even close to that. And they're doing this on purpose. It's not like they can't find an alternative. They're doing it just for whatever reason. And I think that's wrong. That's not fair to the creator. That's not fair to the viewers. I mean, for me, th that's a form of bait and switch. I don't think that's right. Um, Majori, do you feel like then that the original Japanese anime with subtitles is a uh, much cleaner resource for people to use? I'm sorry, can you rephrase the question? Uh, yeah, so we're talking about author tools and resources, okay. and we were talking about how it's really cool to see subtitles and to list to like see how they write out sounds, for instance, or music and things like okay. that. Okay, right. Um, yeah, I wasn't there for that so part my, of the discussion. So, yeah, no worries. So, uh, basically, what I'm asking is, is there a specific type of anime? or a specific uh, region of anime, for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. where you feel like it's more authentic and would be a better resource for people to use? To be honest, I actually don't have the answer to that just because I don't know enough about, um, you know, regions with anime as a whole. Um, I'm just going off of what I have noticed, per se. Um, you know, because with the translations that get mixed up, um, there's a lot more uh, cultural influence from the West that's put in there that I want to say. Okay, um, okay. Um, I, I don't want to go into too much detail about it because, like I said, I'm on limited time here. But, um, oh, you're so I, that's, that's the main reason I watch Sud is because I'm going to get something that's close 
at least a lot closer to what was being originally said as opposed to a corrupted translation. Absolutely, that totally makes sense. Yeah, hopefully that all makes sense to everybody else here. Absolutely. Um, make sure people, all of our listeners right now, that you are checking your sources. We don't want you falling off the deep end into some bad anime, <laughs> and we don't want you falling off the deep end into things that no woe Joe down the street, you know, puts out there into the universe. Yeah, it, it's it's a complicated subject overall. Anyways, um, I got to bop off, but thanks for having me. Thank you, Midori. All right, see you around. Well, so subtitles are always a good one to have, in my opinion, as I chew on that popcorn. <laughs> it is all good. Um, Jake's I favorite. <laughs> I absolutely love um, the subtitle idea. We've talked about movies, TV shows. Um, now, Jake, how do you how do you feel about um, pictures? Okay, pictures as a, as a resource can be an absolutely phenomenal resource, um, especially if you are writing something that may not be in a region specific to you. Um, but I think pictures can be absolutely inspiring. Um, yes. For those who didn't know, uh, Brandon uh, posts a picture every day and says, what is your character doing here? And it's really kind of a neat opportunity to just think through you know, what is my character doing here? Why is the character in this picture? And how would they react being in something that is completely different right. um, to their to their normal environment that you've written for them? Right. Well, and one thing I did when I first started thinking of my characters and where I wanted them to be was I created Pinterest boards. So I found a model or a picture of a person that I, they inspired me. This is kind of what I want this character to, to look like. Um, and then when I was writing them, I was looking on the other screen. This is, I'm using literally, I'm looking at the picture, I'm typing them up. But then I went in and I created a board for that character. This is that character's aesthetic. This is what they like to do. This is what they don't like to do. And another thing is, um, I can't think of what they're called off the top of my head, but it's basically like a reference sheet. You put your character's name on there. Anytime you you write it out, it's like a profile for them. And you can have their picture on there. You have their height and their weight and any tattoos, stuff that you've put into stone on what you've said about them. And then you're not changing it up later on. Right? Like uh, I like that. Yeah. Um, I think Pinterest is a great way to go. Um, I know that a lot of people, especially for pitch fests on Twitter, um, if you're trying to get the attention of an agent, there are a couple of pitch fests where you get to create a, uh, a mood board, basically, mm -hmm. for your book. And I really like the idea of taking that a step further, like you said, Brandon, and really creating a mood board for each character. Because that gives yeah. you the opportunity to, you know, play around with their favorite color and what they like to eat and all of these other things that are really important to keep in mind as you're writing your story. Yeah. I mean, you have to think of them as people and they haven't just came out of nowhere. They've got this backstory that we don't know 
as a reader, we don't know all this and you don't need to tell us all of this. But when you're making that character, these things have influenced their lives. So that's what I find interesting when I do the what's your character doing here or your main character doing here. Because it's interesting to see, well, if you put your character in that's not normally in this situation in this scene, what are they doing there? Why are they there? And I think it helps us as authors expand our thinking of our characters. I will absolutely agree. It kind of helps us to develop a more fully well-rounded character because we know them in a more intimate way. Yes, definitely. All right, I have another question for the group at large, and you can just use emojis or you can hop on and become one of our speakers. Um, what do you think is the greatest tool or resource for authors, for writers? I would actually say actually traveling. Traveling, awesome. Places. Places. Ooh, that's a good yeah. one. So um, I actually I just, I... cool. Where have you traveled to, Jason? Name the country I've been there. Name the country. Okay. All right, let's do it this way. What has been the most inspiring country that you've visited? Um, Eastern Europe, mostly. Um, okay, Italy very nice. Or uh, Turkey, Hungary, stuff like that. Um, also... Um, you know, if you want to do research or something like that, pictures, maps, they're all fine and dandy, but if you want the small nuances of a, of a town or a city or something like that, you need, you need, you need to be on, on you know, there. Yeah. So, on site put, put, for the actual. Feet on the ground. Yeah. On, on ground. Put, you know, I'm just kind of spattering with my no. but yeah no. no 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 you that makes total the sense. ground walking it getting the vibe uh, of the city the town the people and stuff like that um you know that kind of gives you a, a layout and foundation of what you know you know because if your your character is from there or something like that they're going to have influences because of that right um which can help you build a better character in the end also. Absolutely. It kind of gives you a, a sense of place and time. And uh, like you said, the nuances of everything. So, And it also um, allows you, if you have people that actually read or that are in that area too, um, you know, you'll have more of an authenticity and, uh, and whatnot. Um, and you won't get called out on your uh, BS when you're writing half the time. <laughs> that is very, very true. So we I love getting called out of my bullshit. I love getting called out of my bullshit. I fucking love it. It's the best way to keep growing, right? Or it is. That's how you learn as an author, right? Getting that first negative review. It's always <laughs> such a great feeling. Obviously, that is <laughs> a little bit close to the truth and a little... And by a little, I mean a lot far away from the truth. <laughs> <laughs> now, we touched base on this briefly last week. Now, we can't downplay the importance of music. We can't, we can't talk about resources without having music in there, right? Absolutely. Brandon, what's your favorite platform to listen to music on? 
Oh, I listen to Pandora. See, and I like Pandora too. I just find it to be a pretty easy one to kind of uh, jump in and and uh, hear something that I might not be expecting to hear. Right, but when it comes to writing, I think there's there's a new there's a new, and I don't know if you've heard of this. It's called Chat GPT. Okay, it's what that is AI. that? It's this AI program that is growing in popularity that you can literally plug in, write a scene for something, and it'll okay. write a whole scene for you. Okay. Now, Should... what's, in- what's interesting about that is it, it, you can tell that it's AI generated. It doesn't have that emotional side to it. It's very dry, but it's a good platform to read through a particular scene and you're like, okay, I can see what they're doing and it gives you more action beats and so on and so forth. So then you can use that as a basis to build on. Now, some authors are highly against it. Some are not. I I think if you're using it as a tool, it works really well. I don't particularly use it. I might use it for some tweets and stuff like that, stuff that doesn't need a whole lot of emotion, but I generally don't use it. But it is kind of interesting to go in there and play on because you can learn from it. And it's how the system describes a certain scene or what have you. That aspect is very, very good. Now, I have, I've played around on this um with you, Brandon, we've done a few things on it mm-hmm. and played around with how scenes have played out and how it compares to the work that you've done. And I agree, there, there is, um, there's some benefit there in a certain context because it gives you a chance to uh, see a different perspective without necessarily having to be right there with another writer. Right. Um, but like you said, it is very, very dry it lacks so much emotion and it's really unfortunate because you know it could be a really cool tool especially for beginning writers but i will say this i know a lot of people are freaked out about it because they're like oh my gosh it's gonna take over and we're not gonna be writers anymore and we're just gonna have all this ai generated content because of the lack of emotion we have no need to fear or worry (laughs) I think what it it what concerns a lot of authors is that it because I read an article about it the other day where for like letters for college going getting into colleges it kind of works really well for them because it's a very dry letter so it takes that learning aspect away from college students or students in general but it's not pulling like you can't say create an original story for a blah 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 it doesn't work that way it can tweak what you're working on a little bit or you can say give me a short story about this person this like brain and jake and jason all go to an ice cream shop and it'll give you that you're giving it the the basics for the story but i don't and i've I can't say this for certain. You can't go in and say, write a short story from nothing. You have to give it at least some information to make. Right. It. And, then it, <laughs> yeah. and then it pulls information from 
other resources and so on and so forth. So I don't think it really could create a truly original story. It can tweak one like a little bit. I think I typed into it, write a short story about Scarecrow from Wizard of Oz. And it it gave you the basics of what the story was. I was like, well, it didn't give me anything new. It just reworked it. That's all it did. So I'm, I'm not too concerned. But it is, like I said, it is a tool that people can use to push their writing a little bit, especially if they're struggling in like descriptions. That's where I think it will work really well when you're describing a building or especially if you have a very specific building you're looking at. It, I feel like it would work really well for that. Awesome. So at least it's another resource, even if it's not quite what we need as writers to make, uh, you know, to really be 100% beneficial. Now, Brandon, do you have any other resources? I know you have a list that you've done as far as the tweets that are going to come out this week. Do you have any other resources that we should touch base on? Ooh. Um, off the top of my head, no. All the, I mean, we, we, I went through, we, I've created the, the list for the tweets that are going to be coming up with links, um, just offering different resources and different websites and different areas where we can learn how to do different things. Cause I think that's the next step is how do you create a cover art or how do you, how do you work your book or format your book? So it works on Amazon KDP. Um, finding those videos was really helpful. And I hope, hopefully that information gets passed along to everybody. Um, so I don't, not off the top of my head, so no. Okay. I mean, Twitter is always a great resource because you can just ask a question and people will answer it. You just have to dig through all that to make sure you find out which one's the right one. <laughs> so I was going to say we have another wonderful resource that we haven't talked about, and that is other writers. Um, they no. don't have to be an editor. They don't have to be anything over-the-top special. They can just be another writer, which is so exciting. Um, to didn't me, I say at the beginning we were not touching that we yes, yes I said that you weren't listening were you no no you said we weren't touching on editors and we weren't touching on beta readers I'm talking about just the sheer fact that you have the ability to talk to another person another writer and you know say hey today really sucked or today I'm working on some dialogue and have some feedback from them. Not like reading your entire story and giving you feedback, but saying, hey, maybe you could try this. Okay, okay. I'll, I will back up on that one. I will not die on this mountain for that. Like, okay. Good. I'm very I agree with you 100%. <laughs> I do agree with you 100% on that one. I think having friends that are authors and writers, and that's part of the reason we're all here is so we can connect with each other it's different than having a friend that just reads which i'm not downplaying that by any means but when especially when we're looking for feedback as an author you're like how does that scene hit well generally a reader's gonna be like it was a great scene well but I but that doesn't help you grow as an i need author. more than that right where it's like no like what emotions did you feel was it written well did it end on a note where you want to read more there's an, a layer to that where people who don't write don't understand and that's just the nature of our work absolutely jason did you have a comment 
Okay. Jason did, yeah, I was just basically going. I was just basically going to agree with that. Um, yeah, a lot of my beta readers are just you know normal people, but I try to coach them a little bit before. It's like, hey, you know, this is you know kind of like what I'm looking for. You know, I mean, how, you know, even take notes when they're reading. You know, it's like, hey, take notes when you're reading. You know, what do you think? How do you feel? Does it actually move you? And, you know, how, how, how are you responding when you read it? Is it positive, negative? Right. Absolutely. I mean, you, Writing you have down to those first impressions. Because people are not very complicated yes. creatures. Um, well, they are, but it's, you don't want it too complicated. Um, <laughs> I, I was going to very, you know, very strongly disagree with you on that one. <laughs> did it work or not work? Um, take notes if they can. Um, Absolutely. Those first impressions are so important when yes. we are a first-time reader of somebody's work and a first-time reader of that particular manuscript. Um, now, go ahead, Brandon. I was going to say, now, Jake, you write in Word, correct? Yes. Yes, I do. And I don't. Yeah, you you write in Google Docs. I do write in Google Docs, and I... I know you don't like that I write in Word in Google Docs. <laughs> it it has been a learning curve, we'll put it that way. But now that I am more familiar with it, it is an excellent resource and tool. It is a really great resource and tool because I on my end, when I'm getting to read beta readers' comments, and what's great about it is I can share one document with multiple people and they're all reading the same thing. And they're leaving their comments and suggestions and edits and so on. And they're, it's all in one document. I don't have to keep bouncing back and forth between documents. Um, and I can see real time where they're at and so on and so forth. Whoa. That was interesting. Um, I will say that... The Google Docs, I do appreciate, and I really do like it in the sense that you can kind of be anywhere to access your material. Right. Um, I would also say that Word can work functionally the same if you are if you save everything um, in the cloud, and then obviously you can access it from there. But I will agree that Google Docs actually has a lot of features that Word doesn't um, in a the greater scheme of things uh to help more people access the same document at the same time which can be a right. good thing and can be a bad thing but i think overall it's a pretty good thing i, I mean i like i mean with me as somebody who's i'm gonna say this word wrong panster panster pants panzer yep <laughs> i can never get that word right i can it never, is all good i can never my team as i always get them flipped and i don't know why I jump from document to document working on different books at a time. So for me, that's one you could put, God, I think I've got 25 different books in there right now that I can just pull up and I can have them all open and I can easily, Oh, I don't, I'm not feeling this book right now. I'm not feeling, I'm going to work on it. I'm going to close it. I'm going to move on to the next. And it all still saves on there. So for me, it's been a really neat tool and it's very, the layout's very similar to word. It's almost identical I mean, there are some features that are different, but it's really helped me stay organized. And Jake, of all people, 
you know I like to stay organized. Oh, I very much know that you like to stay organized, Brandon. You you know it. Like, you've seen my lists. They're ridiculous. (laughs) I I love your list because it helps you stay focused and organized. Um, I will say that that brings up another resource that we have, whether you're on Google Docs or on Word. And I believe a couple of the other writing programs have it as well. Um, And that's the read aloud feature. Yes. Yes. Jake, I think you just learned about this this past week, didn't you? I d- well, here's the thing. Like, I have used it so much on Word um, when I've been going through and critiquing my documents and uh, trying to get, you know, that little bit of polish that you only get when you actually hear your words re- spoken out loud. I didn't realize that Google Docs had the same features. So to me, it's a huge deal. Yeah, well, I mean, hearing it, and we kind of, we touched base on this last week with audiobooks, hearing your story written or hearing it does change how you're like, that doesn't sound right. There, that something about that sentence or how that person said that doesn't sound right. So then you can go back and you can fix that. Kathleen? Hi. Um Hey, how's it going? Uh, good. Uh, I'm really interested in um, this writer's block so much. Um, and I was really nervous about speaking. So, <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad that you had the courage to just yes. jump on and, and hop on here. I promise Brandon and I are really pretty nice. I can hear that. I can hear that. <laughs> so what I wanted to say is that um, I was, um, my memoir, uh, was uh, I was first time author and it took me um, five years to write it. Uh, it was published uh, two years ago, actually almost two years to the today. And, um, you know, I was a nurse. I only could really write when, um, you know, I was off or on weekends. Uh, so I was a really bare bones writer. Um, I had journaled all my life, which I think is another really good tool. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I could have just sewn all my journals together to write this memoir. Uh, certainly would have been a lot easier than the way that I ended up doing it. But um, the thing that I wanted to say, which um, relates to what you were talking about, is that um, it was it's a real personal book. Um, I'm a survivor of uh, childhood sexual assault. And um, I never told till I was 38. So um, that went on from the age of six to 13. So it was a really personal book. And so I had my best friend read back each chapter to me out loud. Um, and I knew that I had to do this with good boundaries and be able to accept her criticism. And she was an English teacher of special ed children. And so she was a really good resource. And what she helped me with was that she is who really helped me, um, really get that, um, don't tell show thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So while I always wrote with a lot of emotion um, because of the subject um, and I wanted to really tell the true story, um, 
but she really helped me to say, I know what you're trying to say, Kath, but I think if you tried to describe it in this way or another, and it really helped me. So then I would go back and I would write that chapter over again and I'd bring it back and she would read it out loud. And there was something about her reading it out loud directly to me, both sitting on her bed drinking wine, mind you, but, you know, <laughs> it, well, it helped a little bit. Um, I'm sure. And um, I, I, it was amazing how much I grew from that. And um, the first half of the book was really from a child's point of view telling the whole story in the first person and then the second half of the book was how I um, healed and all the therapy and everything I did to get to where I am today and so now I have um, about another 500 pages left in me so and it's really hard you know I love being in our writers community um, but there's so few people writing memoirs that I never feel like, uh, I feel a little, uh, like I don't feel included. Like, I, um, I'm not really developing characters because uh, I know this character pretty well. Uh, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, and, uh, so the other thing I wanted to say, and I know I'm jumping around, is um, I think, Brandon, you mentioned uh, movies as being another tool. Yeah. And so I'm actively going through um, some receiving some really good ideas and kind of working through some things inside myself because I just watched women talking. And... Um, I felt like I was watching every part of me on that screen. And I don't know if you've seen it or anything, but it's a remarkable movie um, uh, along the same lines of the subject. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, I've got my, um, I don't have my computer out doing it, but I, I have a journal that I've been working on. Um, I think a little bit more like you, Jake, I, I, I think I saw somewhere where you wrote outlines first. I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You're good. So I'm an outline girl um, because I like to set up how I want the order of my book to go. So I, I have a pen and paper right now. And after watching that movie, I don't know, it just um, stimulated uh, me to be able to speak about uh, the parts when I was really dissociated from things and um, just got the juices flowing. So that movie for me was, wow, it was like a really strong tool, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Uh, I'm definitely, yes, visual stimulation actually helps out a lot for me. And I think that goes underappreciated in the writing community. Um, so good. I'm glad that that helped you, Kathleen. I am. And welcome for, your, I think, your first time speaker. Right? Uh, yes, that was the first time. I wanted to speak the last time, and then I was on some other space thing, and, oh, I really wanted to speak there, but I think they would have thrown me out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I felt a little safer here, so.
Well, good. That's what we, want. Yeah. That's what we want. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will uh, say as one survivor to the next, good on you for being able to work through it and for uh, being able to you know, express yourself through writing, which I think is such a powerful tool to get out some of those emotions and, and everything. So, yeah. Um, and, and I, I think too, I mean, I've been through 25 years of therapy and I'll, I'll, I'm in it forever. You know, we'll be in our yeah. wheelchairs <laughs> going to therapy, but you know, I'm healthy and everything, but I have to say that when my book came out, after I got through the first week of the overwhelming uh, response, um, I felt like I was really set free from all this. Like I, there was such a sense of freedom. And of course this was no, you know, I changed every name in the book and all this stuff. This was nothing about, uh, this was just about telling my story. And that's why I wrote it. But I, got this sense of freedom that was one of the most healing things that I, you know, so, yeah. Uh, and I, I also did a lot of speaking after I, um, the book was published. And so there were so many people that um, then went to therapy, you know, so like there was just a lot of reverberations from the book. So I'm really, like if I never sold another book, you'd be perfectly happy. I, I would be perfectly happy because I didn't do this. Uh, I had a day job, you know, I didn't do this specifically for that. And I'll probably only write two books in my life. Um, but it was so, end up being so therapeutic. And I'm so glad, you know, so I thank you for listening because I've been wanting to say this to this community for a long time. And, and even if it's all, uh, you know, 10 of us or whatever, you know, I, I really feel, um, welcomed by being able to say that. Good. Good. I'm very glad. And I hope you know that you are definitely part of this writing community. <laughs> thank um, you. The writers, the writers block loves having you. Thank yes. you. Um, Thank you. Brandon, it looks like we're about out of time. Do yeah. you have any last comments or thoughts? Well, a couple things. We'll make it real quick. Um, we need to, I just want to remind everybody, please go over and follow us on the writer's block. The link is in both of our profiles, Jake and I. Because at some point, we do have to switch over to that. So it, the broadcast will be coming from there. But yep. Jake and I haven't decided what that number is going to be. I, we don't know yet. So we don't know. We don't know. We'll go over there. We'll figure it out as we go. Um, and then I, we have to, I, I'm proud to say we have topics for the next month. For the next month. We know I what love it. Gonna be. And if you have a topic you want to talk about, please let Jake or myself know. We're happy to talk about them. We'll get them on the list. The sooner the better. Next week's topic, Jake, can you take a wild guess of what that's going to be? Um, no, you can't. I have no okay. idea. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome. Ooh, I love it. And I am so excited to talk about this. I know nothing about imposter syndrome. So that is going to be a new one for me. Well, I have so much to say about it. it I be... can tell. I can immediately <laughs> tell you're like, I'm so excited. 
like I Absolutely. see you like shaking in excitement. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So on that note, thank you everyone for coming in and listening and talking and spread the word. We want to get more people in here because we know we just want to help each other write and become better authors and tell our stories, whatever they may be. Absolutely. It was so good to see everyone. We will see you next week on the Writer's Block. Thank you, everyone.